Well, today is our back to school, our rally day. We're kicking things off today. And so uh, I thought it would be good for us to think about Sunday school and religious education and, and the way that we, we grow in our faith. I want to start by telling you a story about the Sunday school teacher who was teaching her first grade class a lesson on the Ten Commandments. And she had just finished up talking to them about the commandment, thou shall honor your mother and father. A little boy in the back of the class shot his hand up and said, is there a commandment about how we should treat our brother and sister? And without skipping a beat, the teacher said, yes, there is. Thou shall not kill. <laughs> Thank God for Sunday school teachers. Our scripture reading today comes from the Old Testament, from the book of Deuteronomy, where once again Moses is imploring the Hebrews to not neglect the spiritual instruction of their children, to pass on to the next generation the, the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let us listen for God's Word to us. I'm reading the beginning of the sixth chapter. Let us listen for God's Word to us. Moses speaking to the people, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey." just as the Lord your God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. And vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the wonderful blessing that you always send to accompany the reading and hearing of your sacred word. May your spirit be upon all of us, making our hearts receptive to the word you have for us. And may that same spirit be upon me to guide my thoughts and to remove from my lips any words but your own. That with faithfulness and with integrity, I might proclaim the wonderful good news of your redeeming love. Amen. 
So they did a survey a few years back, and they found that Christians who regularly participate in church, 98% said that religious education, moral education of children was a top priority, 98%. Now that doesn't surprise us. We would expect churchgoers to say that sort of thing. Churches have always been strong supporters of Sunday schools and religious education. But the interesting thing was of the general population, now, this is in a climate where year by year across the board, fewer and fewer people are participating in church. Church attendance across the nation, across denominations is on the decline. People are opting out and doing other things on the Sunday mornings. So in this, this season of decline in church membership and participation and all those things that go with it, still the general population, 65% said they felt like Religious and moral instruction for children should be a top priority. 65%. I think that's pretty good. Now, we don't all agree on what religion or what morals, but we all agree it's important that we do something. Well, here at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, the religious education, the sharing of our faith and our values, the, the sharing of our love of God with children has always been a priority. From the time they're in the, the cradle up until they graduate from high school and college and beyond, we have always emphasized that. And, and part of our commitment to that involves what you're seeing right now, this new children's ministry area that's being built downstairs and, and the hiring. For the first time ever, we have an associate pastor for children's ministry. Just examples of the commitment that we are making to the religious education of our children. And as I was thinking about this, I, my mind flashed back to this book that Robert Folgem wrote, probably 20 years ago now, called Everything I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Anybody remember that book? Yeah? Yeah? It was a bestseller for a long Witty, whimsical, pretty insightful. Well, as I was thinking, I thought, you know, and the reality is, everything I really needed to know, I learned in Sunday school. And I'll bet you did too. Think about it. In Sunday school, I learned, God is great, God is good. Let us thank God for our food. It was in Sunday school that I learned that there was something more important, there was something greater, something beyond me, something more important than even my parents or my grandparents, that there was a God, a creator of all things, a provider and a sustainer of life. There was somebody who created me and the world and the sun and the moon and the stars, the galaxy and the whole cosmos, all things seen and unseen, that there was this amazing creator God out there. God is great and God is good. It was in Sunday school that I first learned Jesus loves me, this I know. Some of you, I'm sure, have read some of Karl Barth, if not all of his works. I don't know many who have read everything, but Karl Barth is by far the preeminent, most well-known Protestant theologian of the 20th century an amazing thinker, prolific writer, devout Christian. His, his major work was called Church Dogmatics. Uh, it's like 12 volumes, probably 3,000 chapters, 
Everyone who went to seminary, in a Protestant seminary, any seminary in the 60s, 70s, 80s, had to read and study at least part of Karl Barth's dogmatics. Anyways, later in his life, as he was getting close to retirement age, he was going on a speaker's tour through the United States and, and was giving lectures at various universities and seminaries. And he came to Princeton Theological Seminary. And before he talked that evening, one of the local newspaper reporters was interviewing him. And the reporter's honest said, look, I haven't read this whole thing. Could you just give me the, the summary version of it? And Karl Barth, this amazing thinker, this incredible man of God who had written all these books and all this said, yeah, I'll give you the summary. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. All of his theology could be summed up in that one basic Sunday school lesson. Jesus loves you. It was also in Sunday school that I learned that not only Jesus loves me, but Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And that is a lesson that, honestly, we still struggle to come to grips with. When we look at situations in Iraq and Syria, uh, in, in uh, Israel and Palestine, just look at Ferguson, Missouri, and we realize how much we still struggle with loving one another. And yet one of the basic things we learn in Sunday school is that Jesus loves all the children. I contend that there is no more timely or uh, necessary or immediate ministry than the church's ministries of peacemaking. We need to be about Jesus' own ministry of reconciliation and healing and bringing people together. There are so many forces in the world, forces of evil, forces of Satan, that use issues to divide people, to separate people, to send people in different directions. But the ministry of Christ is always one of bringing people together, holding people in His arms and loving them all. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, even to the point where Jesus said we should love our enemies. It was in Sunday school when I learned the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Everybody now, the, uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. But it's, it was in Sunday school that I was introduced to the Scriptures, to the book of life. You know, there is no other book like this. There is no other book in the history of the world that has, has convicted and transformed and redeemed and changed lives and changed communities and changed the course of history like the Bible has. In life, we need a compass. We need a guide. We need something that will help us discern what we're to do given the current situation. And for us Christians, it is the Bible. We Presbyterians say that the Scriptures of Old and New Testament are the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ. This is the gold standard for our life. 
It is the authority for all that we do and believe, where we invest our money, how we spend our time. What is important to us is what's important in the Bible. Now, some people get hung up on where the Bible comes from whether it was inspired by God, how it was inspired, who wrote it, how many wrote it, did God whisper in their ear, did he dream it, how did this happen? But see, we Presbyterians say, well, the Bible is inspired. What's the most important thing is the Bible is inspiring. We're less concerned about where it came from than how God works through it. And we have experienced generation after generation, century after century, that the Holy Spirit works through the Scriptures to bring the Word of God alive to people. This is the book of living faith because the Holy Spirit works through it and inspires people, inspires people to give their lives to Jesus Christ, to live in faithfulness of God and in the redemption of the world. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. It was in Sunday school where we learned this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. It's in Sunday school when we first learned that each one of us are unique and we are gifted by God by, with, with certain abilities and skills and, and, and resources and, and things that we offer that no one else can offer. Each one of us like a snowflake, no two alike. It's also in Sunday school where we learn that our differences is what makes us strong. Remember, Paul liked to talk about the church is the body of Christ. And he said, you know, some of you like the eyeball and some of the ear and some of the finger and some of the ankle. And so where would we be if we were all ankles? Where would we be if we were all elbows? Where would we be if we were all eyeballs? That we each one have been uniquely gifted. And God puts us together so that our differences complement and strengthen and reinforce each other. And that is not one by one, but together that we are the church together we're the body of Christ and that we all have something to offer and that we should let our light shine using all of our unique gifts talents abilities to come together and glorify God before the world to share the love of Christ to everyone so that the whole world looks at the church and says wow see how they love Friends, we have been given so much. We have learned so much. We have been blessed so much by those who have come before us and have passed the faith on to us. But M.M. Thomas, famous missionary to India, once said, the gospel is always but one generation away from extinction. Think about that. One generation away from extinction. I think that's what Moses was getting at in our scripture this morning. You know, the Israelites, the, the Hebrew people had been released from their bondage in, in Egypt, and they'd been wandering through this vast wilderness for 40 years now. They're within sight of the goal. The promised land is just across the Jordan River, but before they get there, Moses wants one more opportunity to say, folks, when you get into that land of milk and honey, when you experience all these wonderful joys and the blessings of the promised land, 
Make sure you don't forget the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery, who has guided you and protect you and provided for you throughout your whole life's journey. Don't forget who got you here. And not only don't forget, but make sure you teach it to your children. Impress upon them the faith of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Put it on your doorpost. Put it on your wrists. When you get up in the morning, talk about it. When you lay down at night, dream about it. Do not neglect to pass on the faith to your children. Here at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, we are committed to passing on the faith to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. The gospel will not be extinguished in this generation if we have anything to say about it. That's why we made the commitment. That's why you have put forward the money to build the children's ministry and to to hire this wonderful new associate pastor. But having the facilities and having the staff doesn't get the job done. Because you see, you are the church. The children's ministry needs you to offer your gifts, to volunteer your time to be a part of this ministry, to pass on to the next generation the faith of our fathers and our mothers. Whether you like to teach or you just want to be part of a rotating team of teachers or maybe you'd like to help out with arts and crafts or or maybe you want to dress up like Moses and walk around in sandals, that's good too. We need all sorts of people with all sorts of gifts and interests and abilities, but we will not have the kind of children's ministry we need to pass on this faith without you investing yourself, your time, your energy, your efforts into the children's ministry. So I really want to encourage you to pray about this. And if you have any time or gift or talent that you can use for building up the faith of the next generation, I want you to contact Randy Spencer or Robin Veal or, or, or talk to, to Mandy or Judy Crochet or stop by the church office or go sign up on the website. There's so many ways that we can get you in whatever your ability, gift, talent, skill, interest is, we can use it because we do not want to fail these children. And may God bless our efforts. Amen.